0: Hello and welcome to Cloud Insiders, the podcast that brings cloud down to earth. Welcome to this VMworld Europe special. Uh, In this podcast, we catch up with extrovert consultants Curtis Brown and Simon Edie, who are both back from Barcelona and VMworld Europe, and here are their highlights. Thank you both for joining us. Yeah, thank you. So, what were your highlights then, other than the
1: alcohol? (laughs) Well, we're um, professionals who don't do such things like that, <laughs> but um, uh, I, I obviously put a bit of a focus uh, in my EUC background uh, on some of the EUC sessions. So uh, looking at things like uh, uh, the Horizon Cloud on Azure, that was quite a fascinating one, for example. Um, but there are other areas around that as well, particularly some focus on uh, Horizon with uh, VMware NSX. So some quite a bit of coverage on that. and. Um, uh, also, quite interesting stuff around uh, the end-user side of matters. So, the uh, VMware workstation, VMware Fusion side, there's new releases of those imminent as well. So, quite a quite and quite an array of uh, end-user computer stuff. Often something that tends to get overlooked.
2: Cool, Simon. What about yours? Highlights? Um, quite a few actually. Um, it was a little bit different for me. I hadn't been for a couple of years, so. Uh, in terms of sort of sessions or activities, I uh, went to the hackathon on the Monday night, which was really, really good. Never been to one of those before. Uh, so it was great to meet a lot of people, plus learn some stuff while doing stuff. Uh, so that was good. Uh, the partner exchange as well that day did, uh, I think, one or two sessions there. Um, obviously, one of the things that I enjoy is VROP. So <clears throat> went along to um, a session with some TAM customers, which I was invited to. Um, that was that was fun to sort of share with those guys. Um, on the Tuesday, went along to uh, E1 session on operate operi- uh, <laughs> I always struggle saying this, but um, Operationalize your world uh, using Vrops, uh, and that that's an excellent session. So if there's anyone that, that really wants to use Vrops in a really new way, I suppose, uh, or getting more value from it from a, very much a business. Perspective, uh, thinking of customers, uh, your users as customers. Then that's a great session to check out uh, when the recording's released. There were a few other sessions that I jumped along to as well. There was there was some VRA pieces, VVD sessions. Um, I was very much interested in picking up information on Power CLI. So in terms of highlights, there were many. Certainly, one of the best parts for me about VMworld is also the networking piece about meeting my peers. Uh, so meeting sort of people who are knew on twitter or in the community but also getting to meet new people so yeah it, big thumbs up it, it was great
1: awesome yeah i was just going to say similar sort of thing in terms of the networking side yeah particularly uh, valuable both meeting customers as well as contacting vmware and with part- partners um, and partners and just the genuine genuine sort of enthusiasts we've got a lot of techies there you kind of pick up hints and tips and just that sort of ex- sharing experiences, really good session, really
0: good sort of chat. Yeah, I, also, I did see quite a few tweets, um, actually, because I, I was keeping track of it from here, um, around it being sort of the best VM world that they've had for quite a long time. Would you guys agree?
2: From a, a, a keynote point of view, it was pretty good, but I don't think it was quite as epic as last year. But in terms of the rest of the stuff, certainly for me, yeah, definitely the best one I've been to so far.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. Um, I think uh, although there wasn't, there are a few elements that were mildly revolutionary but um, no real standout aspects in that sense. But there's a, you can tell there's a vibe of a lot of things that are coming, a lot of things that are imminent um, that are either not quite ready to be announced but certainly on the horizon.
0: Cool. Okay. So I suppose building on the highlights piece, given each of your individual areas of interest and specialty. Um, Do you want to go into a bit more detail around one or two of the sessions? Curtis, maybe if we start with you.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, kind of starting from the last one I actually attended, which was uh, one on Skype for business integration into Horizon. It's a little bit of work that um, VMware uh, and Microsoft have been working on jointly. So it's very significant that... um, There's been a lot of development work between Microsoft and VMware, like a lot of pali-pali stuff. Um, So in terms of Skype for uh, for business functionality, there's always been some capability, uh, real-time audio-video stuff in Horizon, uh, and a few other attempts in the past to do the whole audio-visual side of uh, Skype. Within a VDI environment, it's always been problematic, but this one's significant in that both Microsoft, Microsoft had licensed the uh, protocol that underlies Skype to VMware to allow this uh, plug-in to work uh, in, a, in a specifically a view environment. Uh, taking that step further, I also went um, onto a went to a session on um, Horizon Cloud, uh, running that in a uh, uh, in a Microsoft Azure environment, again, something telling that um, they are working very much closer with Microsoft than has been the case before. Uh, in this case, you've got the Horizon Cloud uh, back-play, management backplane that's been around for a little while now, um, largely aimed at uh, hosting virtual desktops in typically the VMware cloud side or on-premise. This now adds an extra feather to its bow. It's due for release imminently, um, and it is still somewhat in development. The early cut of it will be purely remote desktop session hosting, but down the line VDI. But it, the, the way it deploys it is typically um, an elegant solution. It's very simple to deploy, tick-in-tick tick box, enter as your details, and off it pops through, through your desktop requirements, and it's as fully featured as the uh, horizon is elsewhere. So you've got those aspects in terms of uh, the VMware uh, fusion and workstation session so now they announced the next releases of those that are coming out so we've got fusion version 10 yes I uh, seem to be skipping a release number there apparently it's to do with the 10th anniversary um, and then workstation 14 and they're using a more recent release of this It's a more recent release of software some nice shiny new features there so uh, particularly if using Fusion, there's an API coming in so you can do some automation around that. Um, very much aimed at uh, um, two specific use cases, both Fusion and Workstation. One is for the techies. So for example, they we'll have put some net- network tooling in there to be able to simulate latency, that sort of thing. But equally, they've emphasized concentration on the uh, user interface for the business users. So. Uh, if you're using Workstation Player in a flex environment, it's got a nicer, cleaner interface and so forth. The integration is much more seamless, similarly with Fusion. So that's been quite valuable. Um, and the other key area that uh, I went to two sessions on was around NSX and Horizon. Um, I wrote a blog post for Extroverts for a little bit of time back uh, discussing how you can integrate the whole Horizon suite in a solution with. Um, micro-segmentation with NSX using active directory groups and so forth. And it would appear that I'm barking up the right tree um, as there are a number of customers starting to go down that route in conjunction with with a number of partners and VMware themselves. So all things considered, actually, really quite useful uh, time. Cool. Excellent.
0: Simon, what about you?
2: Yeah, so a couple of the sessions. Um, So on the Monday, I went to um, a session which was called How to Build Software-Defined DR Practice, with vSAN and SRM, which is quite a mouthful, um, but it was good. Uh, the reason I went along was I'd, I'd seen and heard lots of discussion uh, in and around you know, utilizing SRM, which a lot of customers already had, um, and how that married up with vSAN, and vSAN being very much um, a hot thing for, for VMware at the moment. I was curious to see how, <clears throat> you know, the best way to use uh, SRM with vSAN. Uh, and they were covering aspects um, on the best way you can use it, the different options that you had and the ways you couldn't use it and should use it, Um, the fact that SRM supports vSAN stretch clusters, all these kinds of things. It was all good takeaways. You know, it wasn't necessarily earth-shattering, but from the point of view of anyone that wants to architect that or wants to know if they can already use what they have from a license point of view, then they're very much covered. Uh, So that was a great session. On the other days, uh, certainly the the VROP session with Ewan, the uh, operationalize your world, that that was a really great session, uh, and it's something that he's been doing with Sunny Dua for a while, um, and it's on his blog posts and, and all of this. And really, what he's doing there is he's he's using VROPs as as a medium for IT admins to look at your your infrastructure estate and and behave as a service provider. Now, obviously, you know lots of people already are service providers, but they were looking at it more in a you know, if someone comes along and says, "I want to do X, Y, or Z," you can justify that with sort of costings, uh, and that's not even necessarily using VRB. It, it was more taking that whole approach about getting value, and and in the same way, looking at it like if you're an admin or an infrastructure manager and you want to say to your boss, "Look, we're going to need more hosts, and here's the reasons why," and you're setting important things like slas which i think for some people that's a bit of a challenge because they don't want to go to slas because that immediately means if they break them you know all this kind of challenges but he was very much challenging i suppose the preconceptions uh, and also challenging people to to step up their game on how to be an effective manager using the tool and he was you know demonstrating dashboards uh, demonstrating methodology that would you would essentially get very much good value from it And from the point of view of, uh, one would hope, you know, your boss is going to observe you doing all this fantastic work and you're nailing everything. And ultimately, the goal is to deliver excellent working uh, standards for the virtual machines that you're providing services for, whether they're tier one, tier two or tier three. So it's all about delivering good service and good value with the infrastructure you have or need. Uh, So that was a really, really great session. I mean, essentially, that was a a day workshop that he kind of condensed into an hour. So there really wasn't enough time, but he did a great job doing it anyway. A few of the other sessions I went to, uh, had a look at uh, the PowerCLI repo that Carl Rudy was already was, was giving a talk on. I'm very much trying to get into that sort of area. So I found that very interesting. Went along to a VRA 7 troubleshooting session, which was really, really good, actually broke down all of the elements uh, from the point of view of of troubleshooting from the ground up. You know, you've got a problem with VRA. Okay, what what component is it? These are the things you can look at and where to go to find this information out without immediately calling a GSS. Those are the sessions definitely that stood out for me. and, And yeah, it was good stuff.
0: Cool. Thank you. So what about VMware on AWS and also sort of the integrated containers? Did you guys do much about that at all? I'll go to any sessions on those.
2: Uh, not really, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I actually um, planned to go to one of the, the AWS sessions, but it ended up clashing with the invitation I had. Uh, okay. um, so I took the invitation that I had to go along. Uh, sorry, there was one other session, which, again, is kind of leaning on more of a VROPS thing, but I got an invitation to, to do a design workshop with VMware uh, along the lines of VROPS. Uh, and why that's a good thing is the whole impetus behind that was VMware looking to get feedback from from people who were regular users of the product, and I believe they were doing this not just with VROPs but with other products, okay. um, yeah. getting feedback, whether it was positive or negative, on stuff that they were doing and stuffing that they had done. So it was great to see VMware engaging with people in in a really uh, direct manner and, and, and in a really positive way. So I, I'm really hopeful that we're going to see you know the products that we use, really just getting improved more and more in a in a better way from the point of view of the users and the customers. Awesome.
1: I think with respect to VMware on AWS, the the main thing I did observe was on the actual on the main general session itself, there was quite a lot of uh, dropping it into conversation in demonstration terms. So uh, on Tuesday's general session was a particularly gimmicky uh, demonstration with Pat Gelsinger wearing a uh, VR headset and demonstrating uh, integration of. Uh, vSphere automation and be able to live migrate from an on-premise uh, on-premises uh, v- vSphere estate into uh, AWS. Um, so although it was a glitzy demonstration with respect to the um, VR side of matters, what it did show, however, was that flexibility that uh, the, the ability to live migrate and move workloads from uh, an existing vSphere environment. Into uh, a cloud environment seamlessly, um, and to that end, one of the one of the more one of the significant product announcements was a, uh, a feature called HCX, which uh, is essentially a migration technology to provide portability. Um, and that there was quite a little quite a bit of emphasis on that one, allowing uh, different uh, clouds to effectively shift workloads. Uh, at a scale uh, allowing that kind of portability there's often been a been an issue particularly um, with respect to actually being to in a live minimum disruption manner so some very clever stuff going
2: on yeah i thought the hcx piece was one of the highlights of the of the keynote sessions um <clears throat> uh, certainly a few of my peers have been have been saying that whoever kind of nails the the ability to move between clouds in an efficient and seamless manner is really going to kill it. And that, to me, is a good indication that VMware is really looking at that and and getting it right. Uh, At the end of the day, businesses, I can't see personally that the private clouds are just going to disappear. Um, That doesn't mean they're irrelevant. I think there's the hybrid cloud models and people are looking at the public cloud. It all comes down to what's fit for purpose for each individual business. But the ability to to move between them with minimum fuss with your workloads that's the real that's the real trick. Uh, if you can pick and mix whatever you want for whatever suits your model and, and being able to just move it here, move it there, then then you're onto a winner.
0: Yeah, yeah, that'd be impressive once that's working. That'd be um, yeah, that'd be really quite cool. Um, did you guys do anything around the OpenStack on VMware Cloud Nfv at all? Uh, nope. <laughs> no, fair enough. no, that's, that's well, fine. Again,
1: it, it was something that was pushed in one of the general sessions. Uh, there was a big push to get it out into the telcos. There's a lot of emphasis okay. on uh, uh, on Vodafone, for example, looking at uh, looking at that sort of thing, um, and uh, using using them as an example about telcos using OpenStack uh, to deliver uh, uh, potentially fight well moving into five G services, that sort of thing. So it was yeah. interesting stuff from a development perspective.
0: Okay. And the the integrated containers you said you didn't go to either?
2: Uh, that's not something I, I mean, to be honest, um, that, that's not an area of interest that I had. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's certainly not an area of specialism that I've got. So it was just so many sessions, you just had to pick
0: Yeah, yeah, what, yeah
2: what you could get to realistically. So um, there was, was, <laughs> was, was one other announcement, though, that uh, I don't know if it was specific to the Europe one. Uh, but they were talking more about the, um, I forget what it was called now, where is it? active the
1: Defense. Defense. Yes, yeah.
2: that's it. That was cool. Um, very mm. much talking about, now there was this phrase that came up called cyber hygiene, which I'd not heard before, but apparently it's been around. I kind of chuckled mm. at it, but, it. you know, they're very much talking about, uh, not you're know, just from an NSX point of view of, of um, micro-segmentation, but, you know, is the application behaving the way it should all this kind of stuff. And I know that they released a lot of information about that in the U S but that came up again in in Europe. So that, that does Mm -hmm. look very, very interesting.
1: I think what impressed me about App Defense is its approach to it. Looking at it from, uh, if you consider how uh, most antiviral solutions look at uh, trying to detect bad behaviour um, from a point of view of uh, malware getting on a system, trying to flag that, whereas App Defense's approach looks at benchmarking or baselining a VM's good behaviour, what it should normally be doing, um, and then tracking well, if something out of the ordinary is happening. App Defense leaps in and does something. With it, and then you can automate what response that is. Very clever way of essentially, rather than trying to fight all, all the infections um, to um, keep thing, keep away the bad, it's more of a case of app defense looking at it from the point of view of keeping the good good and using that as its compliance. Very clever way of looking at things. Yeah, those and quite a lot of uh, quite a lot of work in integration with partner products. So uh, they're reeling off a few names: Symantec, RSA, and and, and a few others. Uh, they've got products that are already working to deliver integration into App Defense. So it's not a case of here's a products, come come join us. They've done a lot of work with partners already on this.
2: Yeah, there was some um, looking at. Um, there were a few other things that they were mentioning. I think on the the second keynote. Uh, Wavefront, which is an analytics tool very much for DevOps. I haven't had a chance to properly look at it, but it's big, Uh, very much an enterprise tool. But one of the big, I suppose, numbers that was really impressive was their ability to consume up to 500,000 metrics a second, uh, which is, that's phenomenal. I mean, those kinds of numbers are just wow. So I'm kind of curious about that purely because I've, you know, Doing a lot with VROPS, and I don't know how the two compare. I mean, other than scale, I think it'll be interesting. And then the other bits and pieces is where you can see Clarity, the whole HTML five piece that that VMware have adopted for their for their well their, their whole stack. Um, VRA uh, is getting a Clarity makeover as well. So I think everybody's just going to be glad to see the back of the old back stuff. Certainly, <laughs> the back of Flash. Yeah.
1: Well, it's interesting. I actually went to the uh, to a session on the VCA client roadmap and they are desperate feedback uh, a lot of stuff around one thing that tr- one thing that they emphasized in the client roadmap session was they're trying to detach the vSphere web, inter- web client interface uh, not just to deprecate the old uh, flash side of matters but also to a point where they can do continual uh, releases of it even above and beyond vCenter so you may get patches currently released as Uh, that you can implement on a regular basis, um, on the basis that uh, you don't necessarily need to update the whole of vSAN to just update the interface. So uh, they had quite a nice roadmap about what functionality in the HTML5 interface now, where it's going, but they're desperate for feedback on, okay, so we're, let's say, put uh, vSAN in. Have we got user interface right? What would you like to see from that user in, usable interface? Um, the move to HTML5 has allowed them to look at it from a point of view. You can go to a particular page in that uh, you, in that interface. You can take that URL. You can email that to somebody else. And so long as they then log in into the centre, they can go to that exact same URL and get the same look and feel, which with the Flash version you can't. So it's really quite interesting stuff how they're moving yes. in that. In that direction, uh, that sort of flexibility you can push out. Um, they're they're adding functionality all the time, but they wanted to get it out there rapidly, which is why the HTML5 interface came out, even though rather incomplete in the initial cut when 6.5 went GA. The, the amount of features they're they're ramping up and gra- adding to it. So uh, we've we've got things like um, uh, update manager on the way and things like that. They, they are getting to a point now where it is actually quite a usable solution, and of course, somewhat faster than uh, the web interface.
2: Well, what what well, I mean what it shows for me uh, from VMware's point of view uh, and the customers is they're listening. Uh, they they've now. Mm got the framework in place at VMware where they can move faster, react quicker. Um, And it's all for the sake of, of a good customer and user experience of using their products. Uh, I mean, that whole model of being able to change, you know, the front end, I suppose, or how something works to that respect, you know, being able to roll out changes quickly. I mean, I, I think, I mean, I use TweetDeck a lot and I would say almost daily there's a new update. Now I'm not, Going to suggest that that's the way it'll go for VMware, but that whole concept of, yeah, you can we we've we've added this improvement, you know, or whatever, uh, and they can just add add it without having to do a huge update and all this kind. That's fantastic. I mean, that's the way to go. That's that's pretty much how a lot of other stuff works. But interestingly, I saw something which is slightly off of the VMware track, but just tying that whole thing in. I saw uh, an announcement about how Microsoft are doing something similar with a web interface. For their servers, so they're kind of moving away from the MMC model, which I was amazed by actually. Wow. Um, which yeah. you know, I mean, a web interface for a Microsoft servers, you know, it was like really. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm kind of that, that kind of picked my interest, but it shows that the industry is moving in that direction, and and you can see they're taking it very very seriously.
1: Well, when we were talking about the Horizon Cloud uh, session earlier, one of the things that I pointed out there about this whole dynamic approach to interfaces and uh, how to manage the updates to the solution, the the management planes, user interface side, the the control plane is updated weekly now. Um, The actual node side that users integrate with tends to be more quarterly and and schedule around that. But The the actual uh, control plane aspects that uh, are non-invasive weekly. Uh, That's pretty
2: impressive. Yeah I I really like it I mean at the end of the day it's all about giving an effective good user experience so you can do your job quickly with minimum fuss there's no question for years one of the biggest areas of of people bitching and moaning is about uh, I'm not going to just use the flash example but that's a classic where it just ended up hindering people uh, from getting their job done quickly. Yeah sure you could use PowerShell, Power CLI, those kinds of things to do it. Um, but if the user interface is so poor, it kind of irritates and disillusions people. So when everybody saw the HTML5 thing land, not just for one product, but for many, it was like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very positive about it.
1: And as you said earlier, it shows a point that they're listening which I think is uh, a vital takeaway.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, certainly if I was a customer, you know, a big customer that was spending, you know, many millions of pounds on VMware products and I felt like I was being listened to, even if from a small customer point of view, um, yeah. and I still yeah. felt that my feedback was being listened to, <laughs> that's gold, you know?
0: Yeah. So is it clarity that's the open source um, interface from VMware, it's open source, isn't it? Isn't
2: yeah, it right? is, yeah. It's worth checking out. But yeah, that, that's what VMware have adopted, yeah.
0: Cool. So do you think more people are going to start playing around with their own solutions and releasing their own sort of updates? or uh,
2: Possibly. I mean, there was interesting on the hackathon. Um, one of the teams was doing something with Clarity. I can't remember specifically what it was. But yeah, because of the way it is, you can tinker it with yourself. Now, I don't know if it's permissible or you can. For instance, um, just thinking off the top of my head that you could go and modify the the vSphere user interface to suit your own needs uh, i'm pretty sure that you would fall out of support rather rapidly but if that's the kind of direction it's going where you can modify stuff to your own whim then uh, at the end of the day choice is king that's how i view it yep.
1: well vmware now have a uh, certification program um for the vSphere client um which, which is significant in itself. So, coming back to that whole point, yes, you may not be able to customize it yourself as such, but um, they they have a program. So, if you do write as a, as a partner company or as a software developer a uh, plugin, you can go through a certificate program and then you get it gets published through Solutions Exchange. So, it's, um, they, they are adding to that flexibility but also giving that uh, ease of use and that, that, that user interface improvements that uh, may have been lacking in uh, recent times.
0: A couple more questions then. So I, I, we've kind of covered this already um, in one way or another, but there was a lot of, lot of key announcements at this, this year's event. What are
1: you most excited about?
2: From the keynote, HCX. Okay. I
1: think in, the, in a general infrastructure sense, yes. For me, it was almost the final bit of the puzzle um, between for hybrid cloud. Okay. that mobility one to keep an eye on then definitely
0: yeah cool so overall how would you sum up VMWorld europe 2017
1: an exciting uh, an exciting event um not necessarily for what's here now but for what for what is imminent and what is happening and simon
2: yeah I, I think i would have to agree with curtis there's some good stuff coming you can see this progress so you know everybody's like this is great you know thumbs up certainly a lot of the I suppose the more the, the bigger surprises were already announced at the US. So Europe didn't reveal anything big other than really than HCX. But yeah, for me it, it's they're still going the right direction and they're still making progress and they're still their focus is very much on the future and ultimately giving value to the customers.
0: Perfect. Excellent. Thank you guys. Thanks awesome. for the time.
2: you uh, you welcome.
1: No Thanks.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode. Find out more and listen to additional episodes on Cloud Insiders FM. Follow us on Twitter at Cloud Insiders and subscribe on iTunes. See you soon.